Amen. Amen. How is everybody today? Everybody doing all right? Good deal. Good deal. Will is doing fine, in case you were wondering. He's doing great. All right? Good deal. Good deal, man. We are so glad to have you here at Lindsay Lane North. Man, we are so excited uh, about all the life change that's happening here. Uh, excited to see each and every one of you as well. Want to remind you about our nine o'clock service as well. If you don't have, if you don't use our child care, uh, that is a great opportunity for you. If uh, we can spread out a little bit and those sorts of things, so we uh, want to let you know that that's always an option for us. We do a nine o'clock and a ten thirty service, but we're really glad that you are here in this Christmas season as we continue the Advent. Season And so I want to say thank you to the pews. I'm so excited about today. I think it's, it's neat how God's word lays out the birth narrative. In Luke 1, we have Mary's perspective, do we not? We, we see the things that were going on in, in Mary's life and in her mind. Uh, Luke 2 is where we have, that we, we have news that she pondered all of these things in her heart. Uh, but Matthew gives us a different perspective. Matthew lets us in on how daddy feels, right? How, how the dad, how the, the man that's really just along for the ride, how he feels in this as well. And so I thought it uh, appropriate to have precious couple come and, and to deliver what would be our text for today. And so I hope you're as excited as I am uh, to see what God has for us in this area of peace. We're in the second week of our series, Living In Between, right? We said that we are living in between fulfillment. Jesus has come, the Messiah has come, but fullness. We await for the fullness of God that will come at the end. And so there's a part, as many theologians will say, there is a aspect of us that is we have already received, but we have not yet received as well. We have already received some of our salvation, right? The hope of glory in Christ, the, uh, the guarantee of our salvation, the down payment, the deposit of the Holy Spirit, but we haven't received the fullness of God through what we will experience in glory, right? And so, and so today, that's our hope, but today as we look at peace, we went caroling as a church staff a couple days ago, Thursday. We went and went to a nursing home, and we froze our tails off. I uh, didn't wear enough clothes, not near enough clothes. And uh, we sang to some of the, did carols to some of the, uh, uh, the people that were there, the residents of the nursing home. And we had a great time, but it got me to thinking about... Some of the songs that we sing. By the way, in, in way of an announcement, uh, December the 16th, if you are plugged into a home group, which you should be, if you are not, uh, you may not know this, but December the 16th, we are going caroling at uh, Athens Limestone Hospital. Man, words are tough this morning. Uh, and so we will be circling up around with all of Lindsay Lane, Maine, East, and North. We'll be circling up around Athens Limestone Hospital at 7 p.m. So that's a Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. Uh, that we're going to be meeting there. We're going to be singing, bring your kids. It'll be crazy and chaos, but it'll be awesome, all right? And so we're going to be singing some Christmas carols. We will probably sing songs that talk about the peace of Christmas. We sing things like, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is calm, all is bright. Now, now that's beautiful. That is, that is just, that is perfect. That is also probably not how it went down. 
Does, does that make sense to y'all? I mean, do we, do we understand what was happening in the birth of Jesus? Do we understand where Mary was in the birth of Jesus? Sure, we sing the little Lord Jesus, no crying he made, which never seen that before, right? In fact, I think if you're, baby, like, we ha- we've had a child that was struggling to breathe and wasn't crying, and that's a problem, right? And so Jesus probably cried. Uh, he was laid in hay like that, like, Come on now. And, and so the little Lord Jesus, no crying he made, I think it's probably more miraculous if there was silent night and all was calm with Mary giving birth in a barn. Does that, I mean, does that, does that, does that y'all, track, y'all tracking with me? I just know how my wife would be if my wife were giving birth in a barn. Alan, you're always last minute. You always leave at the last minute you fly by the seat of your pants. And if you would have just left, when I was ready to leave, we'd have found a room in the inn. But nope, I'm here giving birth beside Bessie. Right? I could just, I can see how that would happen. So it's, amazing, it's more miraculous to me that maybe, you know, Mary, no nagging she made. Right? But, but we don't know how that night went down. Um, but what I can almost guarantee is it wasn't this peaceful, serene picture that we see a lot of times. And, and, and many of us, truthfully, we can relate, right? The holidays are some of the busiest times for us. They're anything but peaceful. When you have the beautiful joining of two families in holy matrimony, you have the pulling apart of family as well at holidays, do you not? That we are running to every house and, and there's nothing peaceful, y'all. Nothing peaceful about a 400-mile trip with a nine-year-old, a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a, and a, a two-year-old, three-year-old, three, two, two. Oh. Sorry. Uh, there's nothing peaceful about that, right? And so if we're counting on our circumstances to bring us peace, we're in trouble. I'm still telling you in 2020, we in trouble if we're waiting on our circumstances to bring us peace. Because we live in chaos. What is peace then? If peace isn't in the circumstances, and let's just own it, the circumstances of Jesus' birth were anything but peaceful, then where does the peace of this season come from? And so I want to look at three things Three truths today is we, that will drive the point that we're trying to make as it relates to the peace of this Christmas season. The first point I want to make is life can't provide peace. Life cannot provide peace. I think it's amazing that we see the multiple perspectives of the birth narrative. Let's look at Luke one twenty nine as, as uh, Miss Lisa read to us. But when she saw him... Speaking of the angel, when Gabriel came and Gabriel showed up, what did she say? She was, she was immediately troubled. It says there that she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. She was confused. She was fearful. When the angel showed up, it wasn't always good. Right In the Old Testament, there was a story of an angel coming and 180,000 men dying in one night. Like this, this is a problem. The death angel of the Passover, all of these things. And so she comes face to face with Gabriel and she's scared. More than that, after Gabriel explains everything, we see confusion as well. What did it say in verse 30? The angel said to her, do not be afraid for you found favor with God. Oh, oh good. I found favor with God. That's, that's good news. Behold, you'll conceive and you'll bear a son in your womb and give forth to him and shall call his name Jesus. Uh, Gabriel, there's a certain requirement that is required to have a son 
And I hadn't met it yet. How can this be? Right? And he explains it to her. But here's the, here's the explanation. The explanation doesn't mean, hey, Mary, the next nine months for you is going to be easy. They're going to be great. They're going to be lovely, right? It's just going to be, I mean, you, you, got, you, you, have, you have the Son of God living inside of you, right? So no back pain, right? No, no Haxton, uh, Braxton Hicks. No, no, you know, like it's got to be flawless, right? It's the Son of God. Never mind what everybody's going to be saying about you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mary's the one girl in all of history, all of history that's giving birth and she's a virgin. Sure. Okay. In fact, it was so condemning, the news was so condemning and so and lacked so much peace it even affected Joseph. Because you know, when she's explaining this to him, she's not just going to say, hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. But wait, wait, wait. Gabriel came to me. She said this, and, and this, is, this is how it's going to be, right? So Joseph agrees with her and goes, on, goes along with it. No, not exactly. Look, listen to, from Joseph's perspective in verse 18 of Matthew 1. Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. As, as his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to put her away, uh, to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. What was he trying to do? He was distancing himself from her. Right? He was dissolving the marriage. He, at least at some level, did not believe her. Can you imagine the skepticism that Joseph would have had to feel? Put yourself in his shoes. Right? By the way, the Messiah was not as clear-cut as we look back on it. They were looking forward to it. And so, sure, Mary, okay, God, you got God's kid inside of you, right? You know, like, sure, I, I, I believe you. By the way, I'm putting you away secretly, right? Like, let's not make a big show of this, right? And so, and so he dealt with this. He dealt with these issues. For Joseph, this would have been anything but peaceful. Joseph, I'm pregnant. Their life would be flipped upside down with the, this news. And even though this is good news to us, this was not immediately great news for them. Because they would be forced to endure some of the most unpeaceful, unrestful times of their entire lives. But yet God still called them to do it. In your notes, God's guidance toward peace isn't always away from trouble. God's guidance toward peace isn't always away from trouble. We spend our life looking for the easiest road, right? We can spend our, our whole life looking for the simplest solution to our problems, but we must understand at some level, just because God is guiding us does not mean things will be easy. In fact, when we look at history, we have much more evidence that is counter to that. That a lot of times a radical following of Jesus means a complete uh, a complete upheaval of your life, a, a tumultuous time for you and your family. And we think of peace. It's not a silent night. All isn't calm. But yet peace is still possible. So the world, the, our, our life, we can't achieve peace on our own. 
we can look for it, but there is nothing humanly possible that you can do to ever bring yourself ultimately to a position of peace in your life. You cannot do it. You can't meet that need. But number two, God can provide peace. God can provide peace. The word in Hebrew for peace is shalom. The word shalom, we've talked about it before. Uh, it, it, was, it was incorporated in the greeting of Hebrews. As they would greet each other on the street and passing in the roads, they would, they would literally speak peace to one another as a greeting. Why? It was a reminder of the peace that they had in Christ. And peace wasn't so much about circumstances, because let's be honest, the Jews had anything but a peaceful existence, even leading up to Jesus. But it was a reminder of something different. The, the idea, the word picture of peace is the picture of wholeness or completion. That to have the shalom of God was to have the completion of God in your life. Now, my family and I have been decorating for Christmas. Uh, actually, we're, I, I guess we're done. I don't know. It's probably an ever-evolving process. Um, but we decorated for Christmas, and yes, we did it annoyingly or early. Uh, it was before Thanksgiving. Uh, we were thankful for our Christmas decorations. Uh, and yes, I'm annoyed by that. If you are, too, that's fine. But I, I, I love my wife, and I like her to be happy, especially around Christmas. So we, uh, I did what she said. And she said, hey, let's put up decoration. I said, sure, let's, let's do that. And so we put up our Christmas decorations, and we started putting up one of our Three or four trees that we have, because apparently Pinterest says you can't have just one tree anymore. Uh, you've got to add, and so we're in ever-evolving. By the way, if you have a Christmas tree, we'll probably take it. Like, I mean, <laughs> we're just putting it up anywhere. And so we're having to buy a lot of these things, right? A lot of these ornaments, and, and, and you know, this is a really cheap ornament, but it's shatterproof, because you've got to do that with kids, right? Because it's not peaceful. And, and we've got kids, and so these are shatterproof. And, 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 you know, we put a lot of these on our as Christmas decorations on everything that we have. And I've got this one here, and, it's, and they're exactly the same thing. They're made from the same manufacturer, came from the same warehouse, came uh, put together the same way, uh, same material entirely. But there's a difference in these two. This one isn't complete. There's a hole in this one. And any self-respecting decorator for Christmas who has binge-watched Martha Stewart or whoever you watch to decorate uh, would know you don't put a broken ornament on a tree. Why? Because it's not whole. It's not complete. And even though the material used to manufacture these things are exactly the same and they have exactly the same value to produce and to manufacture because this is not complete, it's worthless. It's worthless and no one would use it. This is the idea of peace. For us to find peace is not to find inactivity or serenity. For us to find peace is to find what makes us whole. And I love what theologians of old have said over and over throughout history, that there is a God-shaped vacuum in every heart. That we can, no matter what we try to fill it with, it will get sucked away into nothing until we fill it with a relationship with Jesus. So this is the idea of peace, that peace uh, in, with God, uh, our, our peace in God is peace with God. 
Listen to what it says for Mary, this message that was communicated, Luke 1, 35. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born, who will be called the Son of God. Right? That, that Mary, it, it's not that what I'm leading you to is easy. It's that I am with you. I am coming with you. The Holy Spirit is going to be uh, sent and commissioned for you. Look, look at verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it, to be me, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. What did she say? God, if you're with me, I'm in it. It's not going to be easy. Certainly not going to be serene. And it certainly isn't going to be a silent night. But God, I'm in it. Because you're with me. And so peace with God is, 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 is exactly what we mean when we talk about the peace of the season. Listen for Joseph. Right? Joseph in, in Matthew one twenty. But while he thought about these things... Putting her away, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So they had to have a little time of reconciliation. I bet Mary gave him some I told you so looks, right? Listen to what it says in verse 20. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall, shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. The message of peace in this season is found in those three words. God with us. I don't know what your holiday season holds. I don't know what you think about in this holiday season. Maybe some of you have lost loved ones and you're thinking about loss. Maybe some of you have relationships that you haven't reconciled in your own families. Maybe you have wayward children. Maybe you have, I I don't know what is is going on in your life. Maybe you're not at a peace financially. I don't know what's going on in your life. But I promise you that if you are so willing, God will be with you. He's Emmanuel. And it's not just true when Jesus was walking around with skin on. It's true today. He is no less Emmanuel today than he was in the manger. He is God with us. So what's the requirement? Matthew 1, 24. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took to him, his wife. He did what God said to do. He, he was obedient. Did it require faith? Was it scary? Sure. But listen to this in your notes. The requirement of peace in trouble is trust. So if life can't provide peace, we're going to have to learn how to find peace in trouble. And the only way to do that is to trust. The only way to do that is to lean in on the fact that God is Emmanuel. He is with us. And then finally, life can't provide peace. God can provide peace. But thirdly and finally, Jesus has provided peace. Listen to what it says in verse 31. This transcends just a conversation between two people, between Gabriel and Mary, and Gabriel and Joseph. 
Listen to what it says in verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Remember we talked about, we talked about hope last week. The hope of the old covenant was the coming fulfillment. What was he telling Mary? He was saying, Mary, this person is the son of David that's actually going to reign on the throne forever. Every other son of David died. You can't reign when you're dead. But this son, this seed of David will reign on the throne forever. If you will bear with me, Mary, you'll see how I am working all things for my glory. Look at Matthew 21. Joseph was a simple man. He's a carpenter. Talk to me in brass tacks, right? Talk to me straight. Don't beat around the bush. Gabriel didn't. Listen to what Gabriel said. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing in your notes. The peace of one couple led to the peace of the nations. Hold up, Alan. God could have used someone else. Yeah, he sure could have. But he didn't. But he didn't. God gave Mary through, through their faith in God to, to provide through their, his faith, to, to make a way through their faith, to endure. God used the faithfulness of Joseph and Mary to bring faith to every tribe, tongue, and nation. Do you, what does it say right there in Matthew uh, 1.18? Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. This is how the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the one everybody's been waiting for, this is how it came to be. These couples took God on his word and instead of looking for peace in their circumstances, found peace in their faith in a God who would provide for every one of their needs. And through that peace, we can receive peace. But you see, that process hasn't stopped. Peace doesn't come to us on this Christmas season so that we can be peaceful. Just like hope doesn't come to us on this Christmas season so that we can be hopeful. Not in and of itself, sure. Me being at peace means I'm at peace, right? But that's not the plan. In the same way that God used Joseph and Mary and their peace with God, with, with Emmanuel being with them, God can use us not to be this reservoir of peace, but to be distributors of peace. Why did peace come to you? Why does peace come to me? Why do we experience peace? So that we can preach peace to others. Through one couple's faithfulness, the gospel reached the nations. Because the legacy of those decisions follow us today as the church. Rather than looking at our circumstances and responding accordingly, we look at God's word and we let that inform our actions, let that inform our deed and deeds, and it radically transforms how we view everything. 
God has called you. If you're a child of God in this room, God is not content with you just hoarding all that salvation to yourself. I like what uh, David Platt said. The gospel was headed to you because it, it headed to you because it was heading to someone else. We are distributors of what God has given us. We're stewards of it. And that's the definition of stewardship is we've been entrusted so we give, right? And so, and so this is what the season of peace means to us. Maybe you in this room need to hear that God offers peace in your crazy. Maybe some of you, whether you're listening on live stream or you're listening uh, here in person, God provides peace in your crazy. He does it through a relationship with Christ. Remember Shalom? Right? He offers wholeness to you. He offers completeness to you. But if you have a relationship with him, you owe completeness to the rest of the world. Get active. Get, become a part of preaching this message of completeness to the ends of the world. Whoever you are in this room, whoever you are listening throughout the web, we've got work to do. Every single one of us is called to respond today. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes. As we enter into a time of invitation, God grants peace to us so that we can communicate peace to the world. Peace has ramifications far beyond ourselves. But if you're here today and you are not at peace with God, I want you to know Jesus has made a way. One of the most beautiful descriptors of who the Messiah would be, who Jesus would be, is that he is the prince of peace. He destroyed the record that was against you. He destroyed sin. He destroyed death. When he died, you're the death you deserved and the death I deserved on the cross. He destroyed that by nailing it to the cross. When Jesus spread out his arms and he died for me and he died for you, he gave us a way that we can have peace with God. Not through our circumstances and not promising everything's going to be easy. But he's given a way that you can be at peace with him. And so if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are absolutely, unequivocally the most important person in this room. Man, do not leave this moment without doing business with God. Without letting somebody know about the decision that you need to make to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if you're here and you need to make any decision, I pray that you would do that today. Maybe... You have God's peace. Maybe you know that you're a child of God, but you haven't been living in that peace. I mean, you've been so focused on yourself. You've been so focused on your, own, on your own world. You've removed Christ from the throne of your life. you put yourself up on the throne of your life. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Whatever it is that, that you need to do, whatever decision you need to make, don't leave. Please don't leave today without making right your life with Christ. Maybe you need to join our church. Maybe you need to join a ministry team. Maybe you need to talk to a pastor, whatever you need to do. We've got counselors that are in this room to my right and left-hand side here at the front. If you need to make a decision today, I want to give you a physical opportunity to respond. We'd love to talk to you about any decision that you need to make to experience the peace of God in this Christmas season. God, give us boldness to respond to your invitation. No turning back. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. If that's you, no heads, heads bowed, not closed, nobody looking around still for just a moment. If that's you and you need to make a decision for Christ, would you just stand to your feet? Would you come find the center aisle, come find one of these uh, counselors here at the front and just let them know about the decision that you need to make to commit your life to Jesus? Would you do that? Would you just respond? Whatever decision you need to make, I want to give you the opportunity right now to physically respond. Would they, is, that, is there anyone? Would you, would you respond today to this invitation? Would there be one? How about you? Would you respond? Not going to drag it out. Not going to tarry here. Not going to try to jerk it out of you. I believe repentance should be immediate in light of what Jesus has done for us. So is there one that needs to respond? If you're listening by live stream, there's a way for you to respond as well. Thanks to technology today, we have an online connect card for you. If you're visiting with us, that's a way to let us know that as well. But if you will text the phrase, or text the phrase North Connect to 31996, you'll be connected to our uh, online connect card. And you can let us know on that connect card, hey, I made a decision today. Or I want to talk to a pastor. I'll need someone to follow up with me. Whatever decision you need to make, fill that out, submit that. It'll come to us. We'd love to follow up with you on that. For those of you that are in this room, you can make that decision known by your Connect card as well. Will, myself, one of our staff would love to contact you and love to talk to you about whatever decision you need to make for the Lord. Would you experience his peace this Christmas season? Father, thank you for your peace. You have made peace for us as our Prince of Peace. So God, we love you. And we look forward to the opportunity this season God, to spread that message of peace as you've used Mary and Joseph so many years ago. God, in a completely different way, use us to bring peace to the world. Because we know it only comes through a wholeness and completeness that's found in you. Jesus, we love you. and Thank you for this time in your word. Let it not return back void. Let it change our lives.